0: And now, your local forecast. Here we go. What's going on?
1: Welcome to the forecast. Holy shit, we're here. Yeah, after what feels like years of planning. Legit years. Actual. Yeah, I think it's been that long. Well, everybody that's tuning in, my name is Nick, professionally known as M4Sonic. This is my co-host, Chief Street. G'day. Or I'll call you Alex. I'll probably call you Chief.
0: Whatever works. But yeah, Chief rolls off the tongue pretty well.
1: I like it. All right. So Chief is a good friend of mine and also a gun producer. And you work here at Matrix Recording Studio, which we'll we'll talk about the studio in a sec. But uh Chief Street is known for bass music. You say you're like a bass. Yeah, bass music
0: producer, DJ.
1: Yep. I got to know you through Global League, I reckon. Yeah, that's where I think
0: our relationship started. Like obviously I knew you were in the city and that and then but that's where I kind of first think we linked up.
1: Yeah. I didn't even know you were in Adelaide.
0: Really? Yeah. I reckon the first time I met you was at HQ when they did a music production course. And oh, yeah. I came up to you and I was
1: like, oh, hey, man, by the way, I'm on your label. Unreal.
0: Yeah. I had to put face-to-face contact. Yeah. I was
1: like, I can't let this relationship slip. How crazy. Well, that would have been a long time ago.
0: Yeah. I, I think we've known each other for what? Four or five years? And then… It feels like ages. Yeah. It's yeah. been a long journey. And then it all ramped up when this place started coming together.
1: Yeah. So for everybody tuning in, we're going to have the podcast and then there's going to be the video on YouTube or wherever else we put it. The reason we've started this is that myself as an artist, I haven't really been active for a few years. But the funny thing is I've been so active. Just I haven't been online presence active. So this is the new medium in which I've chosen to put a lot of time and energy because I feel like this is probably going to be the most engaging way to actually contact my audience again and your audience And create a brand new audience, the two of us hopefully will like reach new people. And actually just finally get that community back because COVID, I I don't really want to mention the C word. (laughs) Fun fact, I've only just recovered from having it. I went that whole time without getting it and then it finally got me. Mm -hmm. I had two weeks off and I'm finally back. And we're recording from Matrix Recording Studio, which is my new project. And uh, originally I was a subtenant here. Yep. When there was just a film studio going on. And I was uh, renting a room so I could make music and then I did a full fit out. And then the business that I was the subtenant under went under during COVID. My only option to keep all my gear and what I would built was to take over. So here we are. To expand. Yeah. And this is this room that we're recording in was Studio B. Which was a good
0: idea, but not necessarily a fruitful one.
1: No. So we basically made a room within a room. All the walls are different angles and it's all soundproof and it sounds beautiful in here. And Chief Street used to produce from this room. But then we had this, I, don't, I can't even remember how it came about, but people wanted to record podcasts mm-hmm. and we were doing it from Studio A, which is my room, which sounds incredible because it's completely sealed. But it's not really practical to set up microphones and whatnot and record podcasts in a recording studio. So then we started doing it in Studio B and then we basically kicked you out. Didn't we? Yeah, you shunned me out. That's right. You get to use my studio now.
0: Yeah, it's a it's been a fair trade. I think I think this is more <laughs> beneficial for the whole matrix thing. And anyway. it's a vibe, right, dude? I love this room. I've been like we've been talking about doing this for what months, years, almost. Yeah, like you yeah, know, one day we'll get it. We'll have all the cameras. We'll have this, and it's just been step by step by step. Finally, we've reached it, and I'm really excited. This is
1: a, a topic that I think we'll probably talk about a lot. There's this principle of just doing stuff and it not being perfect, and I'm a perfectionist, and that has held yes. me back so much in my career and only an hour ago there were four of us in here troubleshooting why we had static on the cameras and it was just at the point where I was almost like you know what let's just I don't feel well I'm nasally let's just can it we'll do it again but no we're just doing it
0: no we gotta we gotta push through man this needs to start
1: now correct and what's the saying? It's that something's better than perfect. Like
0: I'm not sure on the specific <laughs> saying there, but I know you are a perfectionist. Like literally everything with this whole business, I've been like, yeah, that's good enough. Like we're ready to roll. And it's always like, nah, got to do this one extra yep. thing before I think it's good enough. I'm like, dude, you've got the mics, you've got the room, you've got the camera, <laughs> you, can, you can get someone in here. But there's always one little thing. But I mean, when I look around now, I think it's been uh, a pat on the back to you because you've Make done fun. such a great effort.
1: Well, now you and I can use it to build a new community. So the whole reason for starting this podcast, I've been essentially recording other people's podcasts from this room since we set it up. Yep. And that has been a huge learning curve for me because I thought, you know, we're both audio engineers. How hard is it to clean audio? It's actually pretty hard.
0: I mean, I edited one podcast for you. And geez, that that. was a tedious job. Like, so That person did have a stutter. Yeah. Well, I just remember (laughs) you Zoom, you, you don't realize how quickly people talk.
1: How many yeah. words
0: come out in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. So when you zoom in really hard and you take out those ums, ahs, stutters, yep. and then I zoomed out and I was like, oh man, I've only done 10 minutes of this half yep. an hour and I've
1: been doing this for an hour. Yep. So this podcast can be pretty polished, I reckon.
0: Well, hopefully we don't mess up.
1: No. And so we don't
0: have to cut much, you know?
1: It should be pretty flowy. I think… But it should sound really good. Oh, it's going to be very crisp. Yeah. So the interesting thing about the human voice is that there's these mouth noises that hopefully you can't hear, but we use a declick, click a mouth de-click. We take it all out. It's getting a bit nerdy. And then, you know, ahs and arms and whatever. But if the conversation's flowing, it should sound pretty natural. But then I add a lot of low end. So it's going to sound like radio
0: spec. Man, I'm pumped. Like I know that whatever's going to come out of this room is going to be top quality. And that's what gets me so excited. It's like nice. When, yeah.
1: Anyone can have a podcast, but
0: no, not, not like this.
1: <laughs> so the, the main things that I want to talk about on this podcast is I want to give the listeners and the viewers on YouTube a really in-depth understanding about my career, obviously your career, how mm-hmm. those two have interlined, what we're doing now, what we plan to do in the future. But everything that's going to happen from this podcast episode moving forward is going to be back to the reason and in a, in a circumstance, an event, something that happened in my past in the, yep. the last 10 years, you've been producing for over a decade, so have I, it's my 10th year this year, and I'm terrified. Your 10th year? Yeah. Jeez, you've done a lot more than I in 10 years. Well done. Well, I wonder this, and I don't, I don't actually think so. Oh, uh,
0: I, I haven't I you what.
1: done the tour thing. That's Yeah, that's but me. you made a remix of Boombox Cartel's Hefe. Yes. And DJ Snake played that at every single one of his main stage gigs. Every single
0: one. Pretty much for a good year. It More. was crazy because like... More. Yeah. It just kept going. I was like, dude, he's like a eight months dude. later. I'm like,
1: he's still rocking it. But you're creating the sound that world-class DJs were playing. I know it wasn't just DJ Snake. There were others as well. Yeah. Right? So I haven't had a song that's been supported 100%. Have not. True. Right? I, I, there's a plaque out there that has a song with
0: your name on it that was pretty popular.
1: Well, this is the thing. I really want people to understand I'm more than just a launch padder.
0: Yeah, see, that's where you get boxed in a bit. Just because that's people, how they know you. That's yeah. how you came
1: up. And maybe we should start from the beginning. I'd really, I'd love to know more about how you got started. And I'm you know, I'm sure people want to know how I got started. And mm-hmm. then. It's fascinating because unlike any other career, point A to point B as a musician or a creative is different for everyone. Yeah. And we're in this era right now where everybody, thanks to phones and meta and all that, compare. And it's bullshit. Yeah. Well, numbers are just so in your face
0: and that. It's pretty much what the metric everyone's looking at everywhere. Which is dumb. It's rough. It's, it doesn't make it any easier for an, like an independent low-key artist trying to do it all themselves. No. You just see the guy across the room being like, oh yeah, I just got 15k plays overnight on this fucking yeah. little remix or whatever. On this what clip the... of a bootleg remix. But yeah, everyone's uh, got the ability.
1: So. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing, you know, I went to a music conference years and years ago where they were saying, I don't know why millennials are, you know, complaining that, oh, it cost me this much to advertise on Instagram to get a post boosted or whatever, you know, we had to print posters and stick them up on walls to get people to know about our gigs and... Only if, you know, some person drove down that particular road and saw that poster and actually cared to look at it and write down the gig details, would they actually come to the gig? Look, I get it. The problem is, is that we've oversaturated the market. So anyone and everybody can advertise. Yeah. And I think we have the ability now to create very quickly what is ad or mm. sponsored and what is genuine and what is real. So what I'm hoping to achieve from 2023 onwards is a more realistic approach to how I market myself. Yeah. Which ultimately, and I think you'd feel the same in a lot of creatives, I hate marketing.
0: Yeah, it's the part of the job that you don't really love that much. You want someone else to do it. You hope that one day you're successful enough that someone else takes care of it all.
1: This is the problem. I don't really want people to have to want to listen to my music because I told them to. I want people to know that making music is partly what I do, not my entire life. And that's just something cool, like a cool aspect to all of this. So I'm taking a very different route. And yep. this is another episode that we've planned. But everyone is playing the game and they're playing it so
0: wrong. Okay. I'm intrigued to, to hear you open up on that.
1: Well, what's… Okay. Name the number one platform in the world for music. Spotify. Wrong. YouTube. No. just I'm just saying it's wrong. It's the number one most relevant.
0: Right. But it's not even high
1: fidelity. Title's the highest quality. Oh, as in like… like. Yeah, but it was an open end question. Right. I just wanted to know that you were going to say Spotify straight away. Well, it, is it not? Well, it's the biggest… Yeah. But it also pays the least to artists. Oh, it's… I got my…
0: Yeah. I don't even get royalty money, really.
1: Right. Oh, well, a lot of independent artists don't. Because what happens is they sign, again, another episode where I'm going to disclose 100% what deals are like. Yeah. I've been signed to… It's not a major, it's an imprint of a major. So I signed to Ultra Records, which was the electronic dance music division of Sony. Sony then bought that out a couple of years ago now, so it's very much like treated as a major label. But I can tell you what an exclusive artist deal looks like on paper compared to what a exclusive master license deal looks like on paper. And what's happening right now is all these artists are making songs and signing them to labels. The artists themselves are not signing to the labels, they're just giving the rights to the music. Mm-hmm. And the label's going, well, the only way we're going to make money from this is if we take basically everything, as much as they possibly can. Of course. And the artist receives publicity. It's a rough trade. Well, it is isn't. it isn't. It's, it's one of those things where if you find the right place and you get the right publicity, fantastic. You might get some shows from it. Mm. But then, you know, pandemic hits and the whole world's recovering. And now we're on the bounce back and it's going to be very interesting how artists actually make money. So one of the episodes I've got planned with you is how do artists make money mm-hmm. and right now it might be interesting for my viewers and audience and past fans to know we use this platform i forget what it's called my manager luke who will be on this uh will talk about it in depth but we use this uh as the label to look at metrics of people and relevance and we can actually see when people have posted on what platform yeah, and how yeah. much engagement they got and all this sort of stuff i'm on a downward trajectory like a plain tank <laughs> The right? red oh massively and i've got 1.2 million fans it's a lot of people but my engagement's like less than 1%. I will be devil's
0: advocate here and say I haven't seen a lot of you lately. I haven't known what to post bloody anything mate. I know but point. then
1: again so this is like one of the roadblocks I'm like my Instagram grid needs to look special. It really doesn't.
0: It It needs to be of high quality, but it doesn't have to flow each post to each post.
1: But I've, again, like I had analysis paralysis. So I wasn't sure who I wanted to be the person looking at my Instagram or any of my socials because I was in a music conference years and years ago. In fact, it wasn't even a music conference. It was in America for, I think it was like a tech conference. And I went up to this camera It was like the competitor to to GoPro. I was like, I really like this 360 cam. It wasn't 360 cam, it was something similar. Mm -hmm. I make launchpad videos. I reckon we should collaborate and do something really cool. I'd love to try it. Your gear, and she looked at my YouTube and she was like, "You haven't posted a video in four months." And I was like, "Does that matter?" It's like, yeah, you know, unless you're posting weekly, we we wouldn't be interested. It's like, okay. When I started on YouTube, it was quality over quantity. I made one video and it took me four months. Yeah. literally took me four months to make a video and people subscribed because they knew in four months' time if they didn't get the notification, they missed it. Yeah. And there was some hype. Mm -hmm. Like I was worried about my grammar and stuff. Like how do I, what title? And what should I say in the comments? Like Facebook was so cruel. Like the hate you would get on that platform. I'd love to get some bad publicity now. Not enough people see it to even criticize.
0: Nah, everything's throttled really hard. Also, the is it the term you throw shit on the wall or whatever and see what sticks? Mm-hmm. Like that is literally it. If you ask someone, like, what's the best way to blow up TikTok? It's post nah, four it's times a day. Who has time though? Well, like you got to make it. If that's what you want to do, if that's the avenue you're going, but it it is now switched. It's yeah, it's quantity. And you just got to hope that one of those four videos, you know, that's 28 videos a week or whatever, you just hope that two or three take off and they will. The algorithm just searches and searches and searches so I'm, and the more chances you I'm really anti that. I know, I know. But that's just where it is at the moment.
1: I take full responsibility
0: for where my career is at. Look, I wouldn't be so harsh on yourself. It's just you the, the, you've been missing a little bit. And so now you just got to piece it back together. And you've already got the idea, you know how you're going to sell yourself as a, rather than the brand, the person. And people are going to connect with that so much better and it's going kind to be so great. much more natural. So this is and, it. Yeah. What
1: we're doing today in this room right now is right so… Here, right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're fucking in it. <laughs> what, what artist was that? Right here. Right now. Uh,
0: that's… Uh, he's coming. Fairboy Slim. Yeah, that's the guy. He's uh, used... touring soon.
1: Years and years ago when I actually used to lift weights, that was my first song to get pumped
0: that's a good hype up song
1: it's so good
0: there's a guy on youtube at the moment no on tiktok who like breaks down all the samples and where they've come from and that and like
1: the samples on these tracks are so cool as much as i hate tiktok i love tiktok yeah where people have found yeah so mine is like really science-based like my for you page okay and it's got a bit bizarre with conspiracy theories which i'm not really into because i'm like no 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 the world is not flat yeah if anybody thinks the world is flat please leave us a comment We will will openly discuss that. (laughs) But I will say for the people that have done really in-depth research into like the old school sampling, that's relevant to me because I want to start sampling again on the launchpad. Yeah. Like I'm just waiting for my time to come back on the launchpad. It's going to happen? Oh, it's part of me. Like there's part of me that misses it. So right now all my launchpads are in storage. All of them. I don't have any of them out. Yeah, well… How many do you have? Over 20. (laughs) I'll show you after this.
0: <laughs> All I can imagine is like octopus arms hidden. Like- yeah.
1: Well, some of them don't work. Some of them I was actually going to give away. Yeah. Some, like I have my original launch pad, the first one that I wrote Weapon on. Mm. And it's signed by Matt Derbyshire from Novation, the guy that was part of the creator behind it. And I want to put it in a plaque and I want to have it on a wall in the studio. Yeah, that
0: sounds like a great idea. And
1: maybe one day, I don't know, we'll mint it as an NFT and sell it for charity or something. I don't know, we'll do something History. Cool. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, again, I don't know how these episodes are going to flow. But if I was to start from scratch, which I maybe the next episode we'll talk about like how did I get started. Yeah, yeah. I had no intention of wanting to be a YouTuber or to be even an artist. I think I just wanted to show the world this cool way of what I was doing behind closed doors, in my bedroom while I lived with my parents, fresh out of high school, loved electronic music. I was playing Minecraft. I was playing this flight simulator game that wasn't flight simulator, but listening to Skrillex's album. Like, had mates over playing land parties. I was like nerding out hard, not really going to many lectures at uni. I was meant to be an architect, and I had a launchpad in Ableton. Mm-hmm. And that was my jam. That was like my life, and I was like happy as. And I start using this launchpad incorrectly as a drum machine. It was meant to launch like, like CDJs. Right, Key so like up a track. track. Yeah. You know Session Mode in Ableton? Yeah. Which nobody uses. I was going to say, fucking. The last time I played Session Mode was uh, the last big show I ever played on Launchpad, which I can't remember. Pre-2019. Crazy. Yeah. So anyway, Session Mode, launch a clip. And I was like, nah, it's not not firing quick enough because the triggering mode, I think you could do your quarter notes even up to like 116th or yeah. 132, whatever, but it wasn't fast enough. I wanted to play that like, drum kit. Yeah. So I loaded samples into a drum kit, which back then on Ableton version eight would have been simpler or sampler. Yeah. Now we're talking. I've got this MIDI controller. And then if you send the MIDI con- signal from Ableton back to the launch pad, it lights up when you hit the button. So yeah. It didn't even have a program to do that. Oh, so that's it just even meant to light natural. up. Then the velocity on the next version of the launch pad, the velocity, depending on was it zero to 127, would change the colour of the LED. So the harder you hit it, it would change. Yeah, but I, the, those launch pads didn't have velocity sensitivity. Right. Which I think is awesome. The new ones do. Oh, so you mm. could get
0: the… It'd be consistent, the colors that came through. Yeah,
1: and you could change it. And this is what happened. is like the launch pad got more and more high-tech and visually was doing all this cool shit and it killed it. Why? Because it, it,
0: things looked way too…
1: Because yeah, I remember I can see them now where you hit one in the in the corner and it goes… Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not what it's meant to do.
0: No, nah, but they know That's it looks great on
1: a camera. <laughs> So the launchpad light show killed M4 Sonic. That's your clip. <laughs> yep. That's, that's right. That's it. And so, I had to embrace, I had to acknowledge that that's like, that was the next thing. What, because everyone, look, it just looked great for everyone or something? Do you know those pianos, right? There's like keyboard pianos that play themselves? Yes. And the keys go up and down? Yeah. Right. Now let's get a 13-year-old kid to sit in front of that piano. Oh, right. And go like oh, this. Oh, because you're basically, what, you could just hit any button? You don't any, even have to hit buttons. What, you could pre-program it. Oh, right. You don't… In fact, what was happening is that we were using Max for live. Mm-hmm. Like, I was part of the problem because I was experimenting and knew how to make these launch pads do cool stuff. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to do that because I'm a, I'm a performance person. Like, I'm about the music. I'm about like, I want… When I hit a kick drum, I want to feel that. Like, yeah, kick yeah, drum. Yeah. Not like, oh fancy light show. Who cares? What was happening is that the light shows were becoming so complex that people were just taking like a Virtual Riot song, for instance letting the track play. And as long as they were seemingly pressing buttons in time and doing something cool. Mm. But like, Kudos, cool. There was a market for that. Kids loved watching it. It's like, I myself a victim to watching watching people play video games. Mm-hmm. It's like, why don't you just play the video game? You're just watching someone. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's cool. So the same with Light Show. Right. But it killed what I was doing.
0: Yeah, because now everyone could do it.
1: Novation, we're very happy to support and… Helped blow up my career by essentially, you know, sending launch pads. And I was able to go to conferences and, and showcase what I was doing. And yep. we had a great working relationship. They're so lovely. Like, really good people. Interesting thing about the light shows, they noticed a decline, not in sales, but in returns. Because these kids are getting these launch pads basically opening up and like, it's not doing what I see it doing on YouTube. Because you need to have some pretty yeah, good Yeah, you knowledge. need to program it. You need to program it. So then video tutorials became a really big thing for launchpad. Yeah. I opted out. I should have definitely opted in. Could have been
0: like, this is how you set up Launchpad. So I did a
1: few and we sold sample packs. So all my, like, I think the top six of my videos, I've made sample packs available for everybody now. Okay. And that did really well. Yeah. That actually kept Global League, the record label, afloat financially Mm -hmm. because we were selling so many sample packs as digital products that we could actually fund the label, which then helped fund like artwork mastering for people like Chief Street. Yeah. Yeah. Even my career. So that was cool as, but I think that era is done. To be honest, yeah, I think,
0: I think it is too. Like, yeah. people can still use them and it still looks cool, but just like everything, they have their initial phase mm-hmm. to blow up and then people get used to it. They've totally. seen it. And Now, if you see seen your Launchpad video, you're just like, yeah, okay, I've yep. seen that 10 years ago. Yeah,
1: so. exactly. So, when I come back, it will be doing something that I really enjoy and I'm not doing it because I'm trying to cling onto something of the past or I'm trying to create a trend or be part of a trend. It will be genuinely because I enjoy it. And right now, podcasting and talking about all my experiences and I want this to be an all access pass. I want anybody that's like, what the hell is that guy doing these days? Be like, oh, well, no, I watch his videos every week. Now that he's constantly over quality. Yep. People are going to know exactly what's going
0: on. You've got a lot of experience behind you as well. and I think it's hidden a bit. People mm. don't understand how much of a scope you have on the whole industry. Thanks, and man. that you've like, you've lived it. You've, you've done the artist thing. You've been the record label. Been the publisher, been the
1: manager. Well, there you go, man. Done. Like I've that's the, everything. You, find, it, you run a studio right now as well. So, like, <laughs> I never wanted to do that. Ooh. I always wanted to have a studio. I never wanted to run a studio. Well, one day maybe you'll be able to handball it off to someone. This guy. I'll take it. I actually have loved it. And there's I've got so many stories for this podcast, like the good and the bad. Mm. But I think ultimately… So look, look us up. Matrix Recording Studio. We're in Adelaide right now. I have big plans to make multiple locations around the world with the same color scheme, the same equipment, the same people, and create more of a community because, sure, Sony, Universal, Warner, whatever, they have all their studios and stuff. But I don't know if anyone can just book. I'm not sure. I doubt I yeah, it. Like would pretty exclusive. I you know, would imagine right? so, yeah. And what I would like to do is almost create where your aspiring professional semi-amateur has access, like a gym membership. Mm. Like, oh, I've got this passed to the Adelaide Studios, but, you know, next time in Tokyo, yeah, I can use that same studio. They use the same mic that I use in Adelaide, and you know maybe one of the engineers might have flown there or done an exchange or something. And same when we open up one in LA or London or whatever, yeah. it's all like this network matrix.
0: I think that's a pretty good like audience that's not really tapped into. Like recording studios are generally pretty exclusive or very expensive. Mm-hmm. You got It's a it's a tiptoe line. You know, yeah. you can't let anyone in. But if people are proven enough, it's like you you shouldn't have to either fork out thousands and book it for a week, or be a hundred thousand followers guy mm. and have to get the label to book it for you. You know, mm. so I think there's a niche for it. But finding like this is the the tester and then expansion.
1: So maybe we'll, we'll wrap this episode up by just giving a bit of information about Matrix, so people know why we've got a podcast suite. A yeah. Things so started off as. My studio, which is now our studio, we use it. Then when I had to take on the rest of the building, there was a film studio or a photo studio. We're turning into a film studio. It's very noisy. We need to cut out all the noise so it becomes a sound stage. And then there was this storeroom, which we now made into a boardroom, which is like our management artist development office. There was a really crappy kitchen, which we've made into like a really cool rec hangout space. We've got a production suite next door, which we've got Miles in now, our Legends. video guy, which is so cool. So we've got right people, right place. And then this was Studio B and now this is the podcast suite. So the idea of Matrix currently and the idea going forward for all of the studios is that we are creating a mini Hollywood. So an artist comes here, records their song, gets their press shot done, gets their music video clip done, sits down and has strategic meetings with managers, publicists, record labels, publishers, whatever, just creatives. And hopefully a lot of collaboration from creative to creative. And then there's, you know, yeah, you need a video guy, We've got one. You need a sound engineer? We've got one. Mix and mastering? We've got that need to start a podcast because you need to pivot and have a different way to engage your audience. We've got that. One-stop shop. That's it. And that has not yet, I don't think, been done. Nah. I, well, I think... mean, a lot of businesses
0: exist doing those single parts, but of collectively. Course. yeah.
1: So you know that saying, jack of all trades, master of none? Nah, master them all. Well,
0: if you have people in charge of those particular yeah spots you've got set up, then you don't have to be a master of everything.
1: We've got the right people, man, under the right roof. Hell yeah. So tune in. Because this is going to be a really crazy ride. Like everything has been built now. Now we're just going to like scale it and grow it and bring in cool people. Chief Street and I are going to like interview lots of people. We're going to bring them in when they're hopefully visiting Adelaide. We're going to get to show you some Adelaide artists that you probably never heard of. You're going to find out literally everything about my career. Like I'm actually going to like I, I sign things where I'm not meant to say and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it. Like what are they going to do?
0: Going to spill the beans?
1: I'm going to spill the beans. Like, I'm I'm going to talk about my deal. Is deals. this going to become a drama
0: podcast? Like,
1: it's internet gonna be, drama? It's going to be highly educational because what I think I'll be able to do is protect people from making decisions that they were forced into making given, like, timeliness. It's funny. Like, time is this construct that humans have created and, boy, can it be used against you and it's like some of the manipulative language that has been used on me in the past as it's time to sink or swim. My favorite
0: is the perpetuity of the universe.
1: Ooh! When you
0: sign your song for the perpetuity of the universe. So when, like, you're like, like,
1: so when the world explodes and there's no humans listening. Well, when Elon Musk lands on Mars, that record label will have exclusivity Dude. to that. I know. It's too much. It's too much. It's too so much. tune in or watch on YouTube. What We intend to have this video element on YouTube. Whatever. If YouTube stops showing my audience, which already has, I might start using a different platform. Who knows? Nah, this is going to pop. Everyone's going to love this. Uh, Hopefully for the right reasons. Like, this is just going to be genuine no bullshit. Yeah, man. Uncut, unfiltered. I'll leave the episode with uh, a little bit of cool information. Flume did something really cool recently. A couple of weeks back. He released a work-in-progress album. I have so much respect... To that guy for doing that. Because what he's done is he's given all the creatives a license to be like, you know what? I have all this like cool music that I don't know what to do with that I'm sure the industry said no to because it's not going to make money. Yeah. And that's not the point of making music. So I'm putting out three albums. 36 songs. Damn. Wow.
0: That's the first I've heard of it. Yep.
1: Luke and I have been planning it. I've got the first four ready to go. I've just That's revisited exciting. projects all the way back to 2013. Good on you, man! And I want to talk about the tracks on this podcast. Yeah, there are some interesting stories. I was listening to one of them. Like, this is a banger, but I remember the person that told me not to put that song out. Well, you can throw it back in their face now. I'm doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. Well, here we go. Cheese Street, M4 Sonic, The Forecast. Yeah, boy, it's happening. Let's go. <laughs>